This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm great. How about you, Keith? I am all right. Um, yep, I'm all right. Ah, no more to for, say for, than that. For, for once, for the, for, the first, uh, for the first time after four weeks, we don't have some gargantuan new... Apologies to albums that came out last Friday, but we don't have something that seems like a guaranteed lock for number one with some blockbuster insane number yeah. as we've had for the past four weeks running. I so, think everyone is expecting with the sleepy holiday three-day weekend that True. Uh, we just needed to all have three days so we could listen to the albums that came out over the last month. Maybe that's what it really was. Maybe people avoid much like Christmas, mm-hmm. they well, Christmas is a whole nother beast, but maybe people avoid dropping an album on a Friday before a long holiday weekend because they don't they they know that people are going to be distracted. They're not going to focus on new music. They're super busy. And if they're doing anything, they're going to a barbecue, the beach or the movies they're or hanging out with the their grid. family. They're I, off the grid. I literally as somebody who watches website traffic for a living, <laughs> things were real quiet on Friday. Just FYI. Also, maybe the artists that put out albums don't want to work on a holiday weekend either. Yeah, like doing promo and going on shows and stuff on the weekend. No, they yeah. they also would like to barbecue at the beach. Um. Okay. Did did we finish the intro? No, nope, we haven't I even started it. Did Did you say who you were? I said who I am. You said who okay, you great. are. But what's the pop shop, Keith? Well, thanks for thanks for uh, clicking play on this and subscribing, <laughs> hopefully, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop. On Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion, sometimes really quick into the show, about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Boom. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Harry Styles lands his third straight number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart with Harry's House. And he does so with an explosive first week. More than a half million equivalent album units earned in the U.S. Plus, three of the album's songs debut in the top ten on the Hot 100, while its lead single, As It Was, returns to number one. Also on the show, we have founding Pop Shop podcast co-host Jason Lipschitz joining us to discuss some early Song of the Summer predictions. Billboard Song of the Summer chart isn't back just yet, but with the release of Calvin Harris's very sunshiny jam potion with Dua Lipa and Young Thug and Jason's annual way too early predictions back in March, it's time to check in on early summer jam contenders. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, just subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. 
And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Wouldn't be the pop shop unless we had Jason come back to talk about Song of the Summer. We, it's uh, I think it's a summer requirement at this point. <laughs> Sure. And expect he's, him to come talk about it once we declare a winner too at the end of the summer. <laughs> he's he's we still have yet to get song of the fall, song of the winter, song of the spring. Song of the spring even has the alliteration going. No for one it, wants yet, that, Keith. No one wants those things, and I don't know why. Why do we pick summer to have a song of? I feel like Taylor Swift <sighs> had the album of the autumn with folklore. <laughs> All right, you you over there, stop that. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up, Harry Styles. Harry Styles' album, Harry's House, debuts atop the Billboard 200 Albums chart with a massive 521,500 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending May 26th, according to Luminate. The set was released on May 20th. Harry's House scores the largest week of 2022 for any album. You may have heard us say that, I don't know, three times. <laughs> a few weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um, largest week of 2022 for any album and only the fourth album in the last 18 months to earn at least a half million units in a single week. It logs the biggest week for any album since Adele's 30 debuted with 839,000 units in the week ending November 25th, 2021. Fun fact, Harry and Adele are both on the same label, Columbia Records. Label mates so. and countrymen. True. <laughs> so basically a trick is you have to be British and signed to Columbia Records yes. in America. That's all you have to do to sell over half a million copies of your album. That's it. Uh, can we think of any other British artists that are on Columbia Records? No. Isn't Pink Floyd still on Columbia? I don't know. You don't. Are you executive editor, digital editor, West Coast? Come yes, on. Yes, but not of our uh, Billboard.biz coverage. Thank you. Where's Colin when you need him? <laughs> All right. Harry's House is Styles' third number one on the Billboard 200, the entirety of his solo releases. And all three have bowed at number one. He also topped the list with 2019's Fine Line and his 2017 self titled debut. Harry's House also logs a modern era record for single week vinyl album sales, as it sold 182,000 copies on vinyl. That's more than a third of the album's total units for the week. So that helped to have that concurrent vinyl release, as we've That's spoken like, about previously. Yes, it's about two thirds of its overall total album sales number this week. Because it sold like, I think it was like 300 something thousand. This does not albums. surprise me just thinking of how vinyl has gotten so popular and then also thinking that like Harry Styles and his fans are the perfect candidates for owning vinyl and being into the vinyl revival. So it just right. makes all the sense in the world. Also, Fine Line was the top selling vinyl album in the US in 2020 and it was among the top 10 sellers in 2021. There you go. So it, he had a built-in fan base that had already got accustomed to the vinyl resurgence and, and loved having him on vinyl. And so it was natural fit that his vinyl week, his, his vinyl sales would be large, much in the same way Taylor has um, gotten her fans used to the idea. And so now they're looking forward to it. And yeah. if you can time it right and get the vinyl to drop in the same week as your wide release, you can have a really big number. But and not if you don't time it, it right, you can have another week at number one down the road once the vinyl comes out. Hey, Tyler, the creator. <laughs> um, or, you know, let's say Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's album came out only on streaming services. The uh, His most recent album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, it came out only digitally and on streamers. 
digitally in terms of how you can purchase it as a digital album. The CD didn't drop until last Friday, the mm-hmm. 27th, and the vinyl, uh, I'm assuming, is going to come out sometime later this year. Oh, so but that'll be really interesting know. to see, too. Yeah, it could go back to number one. Yep. Who knows? All right, well, um, the previous largest week for a vinyl album uh, in the modern era since Illuminate began tracking Taylor sales Swift, in 1991. That's my guess. Is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Can't really be much of a guess considering it's written on the script in front I, I of you. I wasn't reading ahead, though. I just, I literally knew that one. <laughs> uh, when her read Taylor's version sold 114,000 copies on vinyl in the week ending November 18th, 2021. Uh, the vinyl sales for Harry's House were so large that just vinyl sales alone would have made the album number one, not just in this week, because it could have just sold only vinyl and it would have been number one on the Billboard 200 this week alone because it was just that much bigger than the number two album. But it also would have been number one on the Billboard 200 in all but three weeks of 2022 so far. Wow. And in fact, those three weeks were the last three weeks before this one when Kendrick, Bad Bunny, and Future were all number one. Dang. Um, Harry's House was preceded, of course, by the number one Billboard Hot 100 hit, As It Was, which returns to the top of the list this week, scoring its fourth non-consecutive week in the lead. Further, Styles sees three more songs from the album debut in the top ten. Late Night Talking at number four, Music for a Sushi Restaurant at number eight, and Matilda at number nine. Katie, now that we've had like a week or so to uh, to live with to live inside Harry's house, ah. um, do you have any sort of uh, faves, any standout tracks that are really uh, uh, notable to you? Well, I actually said on last week's show that my favorite on the album is Music for a Sushi Restaurant, so I was thrilled to see that that was among the top ten debuts. Clearly, it's someone else's fave, too. Agreed. It also is the first song on the album, so if you're giving the album a curiosity listen, it's well, the, where, the place right. you're going to click in, I'm imagining. Um, so there's that, but it also, to me, is an excellent... This is the Peter Gabriel-sounding one. Um, I also really loved, um, this past week, uh, James Corden did a music video for Harry's song Daylight from the album. Um, first of all, it's a great song, but I feel like I wasn't really paying attention to it in the context of the full album until uh, the James Corden bit, because then you kind of listen to it over and over again because they were making the video, um, you know, in the bit. And mm-hmm. it's such a good song. So that one's been running in my head all weekend. But oh, I continue right. to just love it. Um, well, Styles ushered in the album with interviews and or performances on Apple Music with Zane Lowe, Sirius XM's The Howard Stern Show, NBC's Today, and NPR's Morning Edition. Uh, Apple Music also live streamed Styles' one night only in New York concert from UBS Arena on May 20th. We actually had someone in the building there from Billboard. Rania was there. We Rania covered it. We also had yep. Danielle Pascal there covering it for social. We also had uh, senior editor Anna Chan there. Just enjoying the concert. Just hanging out. <laughs> um, not mentioned in that in that batch of uh, press was the James Corden uh, appearance that Katie mentioned because that was on the final. It actually aired very very late Thursday night. I'm actually curious what's going to happen with Daylight next week because yeah. they they created a real deal music video linked to the song that will you know affect our charts next week. I assume that the video has been categorized as an official music video with YouTube, and if it is, then those streams would be pointing towards the song and the album. I make that assumption because the the whole like bit of of filming the video, like the skit of it all, that was on James Corden's page, but the video, the final product, is on Harry's, is on Harry's page. So yeah. 
that, yes. that t- kind of tells you everything you need to know. Next up, staying with styles. Katie, did you know that music for a sushi restaurant is not only the first top 10 song on the Hot 100 to use the word sushi in its title, but the first ever song to chart on the Hot 100 with sushi in, in, in its title. Clearly, my brain has been trained to think in Billboard language because that was my first thought this morning was, I wonder if there are any other songs with sushi in the title in the Hot Great. 100. Great minds think alike, I guess so. Katie. I guess so. All right. Well, lastly, we've got a legends only tidbit as Diana Ross's new single, Turn Up the Sunshine, featuring Tame Impala, debuts at number 24 on the adult contemporary airplay chart, giving the supreme diva her first hit on any Billboard airplay chart since 2006 and her first as a lead artist since 1999. Love it. Uh, Turn Up the Sunshine is from the upcoming animated film Minions, The Rise of Gru, uh, which will be released in the United States on July 1st. Uh, Katie, uh, mm-hmm. you've heard this song, right? Yes. You like it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's super fun and, and cool and... Very clearly Diana Ross, but also very super modern. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, Well, Turn Up the Sunshine is Ross's 30th hit on the adult contemporary chart as a solo artist. She, of course, became familiar worldwide, first as a member of the trailblazing girl group The Supremes, who made their Billboard chart debut 60 years ago this year. Hey, what a coincidence. Love that. Ross was last on the uh, airplay charts in any capacity through her featured role on Rod Stewart's I've Got a Crush on You, which spent 11 weeks on the adult contemporary chart in late 2005 and early 2006. Ross's last hit as a lead artist on any Billboard airplay chart was with the track called Sugar Free, which spent two weeks on the adult R&B airplay chart in August of 1999. Sunshine is a new track written by Jack Antonoff, Sam Dew, Patrick Berger, and Kevin Parker. Kevin Parker is effectively Tame Impala. Yeah. Uh, the track list of the Rise of Gru soundtrack is just bonkers. Um, These Despicable Me movies always have amazing soundtracks. The, Wi- like, wildly good. This, this I... I I don't know if Katie's already seen it, so I may be telling her stuff that she already knows. Um, But the track list is crazy. It's full of 1970s hits covered by contemporary artists. For example, Her covers Sly and the Family Stone's Dance to the Music. Thundercat covers Steve Miller Band's uh, Fly Like an Eagle. St. Vincent covers Lips, Inks, Funky Town. And Brittany Howard covers Earth, Wind & Fire's Shining Star with an assist from Earth, Wind, and Fire's own Verdine White. Love it. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, clearly living for that. Uh, that, was, that was almost like a chart set of the week in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, super exciting uh, to see Diana Ross back on the charts. And, oh, fun fact, she debuts this week on the adult contemporary chart the same week that Elton John and Dua Lipa go back to number one with Cold Heart on the same chart. Legends only, Legends, as Keith said. Legends only. Okay, well, moving along, back in 2018, Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa made musical magic with their collab One Kiss, and now they are back with Potion featuring Young Thug, which will appear on Harris's upcoming Funk Wave Bounces Volume 2 album. So let's take a little listen to the song to start. Late night conversations 
Okay, so of course Keith and I are certified Dua Lipa fans. <laughs> um, and, but I, I mean, we went to the concert. We've been talking to her for five, six years at this point. Um, I am especially loving this one, Keith. Uh, Keith, do you have any thoughts? Have you listened to it already? Yeah, I have. So I should start with that. It's, it, it has. It's very vibey. It's very vibey. It is. That's. I mean, this. I think that's what Calvin goes for with the funk wave bounces songs. Um, the first album included um, "Slide" with Frank Ocean uh, and man was it Quavo and then uh, also had feels with Katy Perry I mean these are just like star-studded super fun upbeat albums and a potion of course has very strong summery vibes which got us thinking about how this year's song of the summer race is upon us and Billboard is about to launch our annual Song of the Summer chart, which tracks the most popular songs from about June until Labor Day-ish. And we're wondering if Potion could be a contender uh, for the Song of the Summer. So we thought we would call up Original Pop Shop podcast host Jason Lipschitz, who always watches the Song of the Summer race very closely. And he even wrote up his very early picks for The Crown back in March exactly two months ago, actually. So we thought we'd call him up to revisit those predictions and also talk about any other songs that have emerged as possible contenders in the months since. So let's take a listen to our chat with Jason. When I met you in the summer to Jason Lipschitz and welcome back to your home, the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Uh, you know, the invitation's just always standing. You can just hop on whenever. Um, but we specifically have you today because we're going to talk about the song of the summer for 2022. And what got us thinking about this was the new Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa song, Potion, featuring Young Thug. Jason, have you listened to this one? And, and what are your thoughts? Uh, I have listened to it. And I really like it. I, it. It's grown on me in the last few days. When it came out, I think I was stuck on the fact that I was comparing it to some of my favorite songs on Funkily Bounces Volume 1, one of my favorite albums of 2017. Obviously, you have songs like Slide and Feels, which I absolutely loved then. I love now. I don't know if Potion is on that level, but it's a great summer song. I mean, every time Dua Lipa does one of these kind of overqualified hook singer songs, um, giving an assist here to Calvin Harris and, and Young Thug. I mean, it just, it, it comes out pretty spectacularly. I, it's, it's also hard because I, I love her first collaboration with Calvin Harris, One Kiss. And again, even if it's not quite on that level, I think it's going to grow on me. And I think it's definitely going to be a, a summer song contender. Okay. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, Keith, <laughs> we don't know where this is debuting on the Hot 100 yet next week. That's really going to determine whether it's a contender, I would say, right? Well, yeah, in order, for the, in order for you to be Song of the Summer, according to Billboard, you have to actually just first chart on the Hot 100 chart because the Song of the Summer chart is based is basically just a compilation of how you've done on the Hot 100 chart. So you have to get on that Hot 100 first. Um, I, I love Jason saying overqualified hook singer. It's like... We need someone to sing the hook. I don't know. What's Dua Lipa doing? She's way overqualified for this gig. Yeah, but she's Dua. It's like, yeah, we made such magic before with one kiss. Like, I don't know. Maybe pick someone else so no one's comparing this to one kiss. That's just my quick thought. <laughs> but then it wouldn't be as good. But it, but then but then you wouldn't have the, ah, but, you know, is this one kiss? 
Mm. Like, is, is this as beautiful as one kiss? Is, I think this is what Jason was hinting at without really kind of saying it explicitly. I think that's the problem. Whenever you have someone like reunite for another collaboration, you immediately compare it to what they've done previously, no matter who you are. Well, the, and the, the interesting thing to me is that if you look at Dua's career between albums one and two, she had those collaborations that really helped her level up like one kiss and electricity yeah it kind of set the stage for future nostalgia now she's doing it a little bit with potion and a couple months ago with sweet as pie with with megan the stallion so you know these collaborations have proven really fruitful for her they haven't none of them have been like enormous hits in the u.s um but i i mean this one this one could get there as well yeah, I was surprised to see that One Kiss only peaked at number 26 on the Hot 100. So even though we have very fond memories of it, it wasn't a massive hit and wouldn't have been a you know song of the summer contender back then. Um, but let's talk about some other things uh, that Jason wrote about back in March. He did his way too early predictions for a song of the summer. And um, let's see, starting with his front runners, we're, we're two months later from this interview or from this original article. But I feel like this one is... De- a decent pick we yeah. have starting with doja cat woman and it feels like if not woman just betting on doja cat and a and a song from planet her feels like a smart move um for the potential winner too yeah it you know kind of zooming out and it's it's been interesting because i think woman and some of the other songs on my list for march would have been bigger hits if just there was less music that was released over the past month. Like if you just look at everything that's come out over the past month, literally that's all it's been. It's just like a Harry Styles album, a Bad Bunny album, a Kendrick Lamar album, a Future album, a Jack Harlow album. And it's it's been just this tsunami of new music where something like woman gets washed away because even though I, I hear woman a lot on the radio still, but it, it just kind of, from a charts perspective, it's hard to kind of compete with like all of these enormous new songs. So, yeah, I mean, I think if, even if like half of the new music that has come out over the past month didn't come out, I think woman is, is one of the biggest songs of the summer. It, it's still a pretty big hit, but it's just not on that on, on the level that I thought it was going to. Okay, let me rattle off your other front runners before we talk about those that last month of uh, torrential downpour of music, um, because we also had Lotto Big Energy, uh, Fireboy DML featuring Ed Sheeran with Peru, uh, Imagine Dragons featuring JID Enemy, uh, Becky G and Carol G with Mommy, uh, Junior Choi and Sam Tompkins with To the Moon. Okay, out of all the things I just said, Jason, is there anything you still want to call a front runner? You know, the one, one of the front runners that may not be song of the summer, but that Imagine Dragons JID song enemy, like that's still a really big hit. And I think it's going to be all over alternative radio for a long time, which is kind of what I expect. Maybe not seeing it as like a number one smash, but like, you know, like the biggest Imagine Dragons songs, just, just hanging out in the top 40 for a long time, just kind of inescapable if you're listening to rock radio. And I, I feel like that's kind of, turned out to be true even if it's not in the top 10 anymore it's this year's heat waves <laughs> well Kinda, yeah, yeah jason actually included heat waves just to be safe because who knows you know when that was gonna end um back in J- march J- did, J- did jason put levitating and blinding lights in there too just yeah. for the heck no. of it no okay if you if you guys told me if we're sitting here in like a week or two and there was like a new tiktok challenge that was about heat waves and like related to how hot it is outside in the summer months and all that. And the song like zoom back 
to near number one. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Who knows? Right. You, that song is like unkillable. It's it's enormous. And um, I think in your to be determined section, you made some good predictions too. You noted that Harry Styles was on the horizon and here he is. Um, Lizzo had not yet released about damn time, which speaking of TikTok, is having that moment right now. Um, you mentioned Nicki Minaj, Lil Nas X, Cardi B. Those have not arrived yet. And another one that hasn't arrived yet that we can never count out is BTS, who has their anthology album coming out um, in June and uh, which has some new songs. So talk to me, Jason. Do you think that they're going to have a repeat of um, last summer's song of the summer championship? Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, if, if I were betting on the song of the summer, I think it's going to be between as it was by Harry Styles, which obviously is benefiting from all the new streams to Harry's house. And, and it's still like, it still feels like that there's room to grow for as it was just in terms of how enormous it's become on radio. And there's just so much enthusiasm around what Harry's doing. I would have it between as it was and BTS single TBD. TBD. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, if BTS releases a new single in the next week or two, it could dominate June, July, August, sort of like Butter did last year. And, you know, once again, be song in summer for BTS. Okay. We've said a lot of names. Keith, uh, is there anybody else that you had burning questions about? Or do you, Jason, is there any names that we have not said that we should be paying attention to over these uh, next few months and weeks? Oh, hey, Jason, uh, what do you think of the, the very appropriately summary um, Turn Up to Sunshine that we just talked about, Katie and I did a moment ago from Diana Ross featuring Tame Impala. Listen, nothing says uh, Song of the Summer 2022 like Diana Ross and Tame Impala. So I think. Um, no, I'm, I'm being a little facetious. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun song. And, and look, you have these, as we've seen from Happy by Pharrell, can't count out that Despicable Me, Minions, uh, franchise popularity. Um, so you never know whether that or, or something else from the Minions 2 soundtrack really takes off. Um, some big names involved. Yeah, I mean, I, I also um, am keeping an eye on the Jack Harlow project as a whole. Obviously, First Class has been his first solo number one hit. Um, I think like I think the song Dua Lipa, we're talking about Dua Lipa. I, said, I think the song Dua Lipa is kind of like a smash in the making. Um, that song's really, really catchy. Uh, so and then they can release the remix featuring Dua Lipa and then set the summer on fire. Exactly. Katie. <laughs> um, and then look, I, I mean, we, I mentioned quickly bad bunny, but those songs, it's been a couple weeks since that album came out. Those songs are not going anywhere. Um, so, you know, I think instead of having these kind of big flashpoint singles for the, the song of the summer, you're going to have these big albums like bad bunny, Harry, Jack, and just, singles spinning off of them because they all have kind of been primed to, to dominate June, July, and August. And Bad Bunny put the word summer, but in Espanol right there in the title of his album. So yes, that makes all the sense in the world. Well, Jason, thank you so much as always. I feel like this has become a tradition. I think we spoke with you last year about the Song of the Summer predictions too. So I think we've officially started the pop shop tradition of having you on to talk summer. So we'll talk to you again in uh, June, 2023. Sound good? Sounds fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jason. Don't tell another. Kiss one another. Die for each other. We're cool for the summer. Thank you, as always, to Jason for coming back home. 
We appreciate you. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Well, in light of Diana Ross's return to the airplay charts this week, we're going to do a little quiz, Katie, on her girl group knowledge. Hmm. Katie, did you know that the Supremes were the first all-female group to have a number one album on the Billboard 200 chart? I did not know that. The act notched a trio of number one albums, first with 1966's The Supremes A Go-Go, then with 1967's Diana Ross and the Supremes' Greatest Hits, and lastly, with 1969's TCB TV soundtrack, which was a collaborative effort uh, with fellow Motown act The Temptations. It was a big TV special at the time that had The Temptations and The Supremes together, which was pretty momentous to have them together on the same show. Yeah. In fact, The Supremes were the only all-female group to have a number one album on the Billboard 200 until the 1980s. Mm. Can you, Katie, guess what was the second all-female act to have a number one album on the Billboard 200 chart? Well, my first question is, has a fraction of this group appeared on the Pop Shop podcast previously? Because my guess yes. is the Go-Go's. You are correct. <laughs> it is it is the Go-Go's with Beauty and the Beat in, I believe, 1982. Awesome. Uh, and you are correct. We've had a fraction of the group on. Yeah, it was before the Billboard Music Awards, um, like the Saturday before, like a radio room thing. We had Charlotte Caffey and Gina Shock on to talk about the group's uh, farewell tour that they were launching at that time. Funny, I regaled them with a very long story about how um, my stepsister back a million years ago in the early 80s gave me a picture disc seven inch single of the Go-Go's and it was like the only vinyl single that I saved from all the vinyl singles that eventually I threw away and I should have never thrown them away. You wish you hadn't, yeah. And um, I told them about how big of a fan she was, blah, 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 and how they meant something and they're like, okay, well, we have to take a picture now. I'm like, oh, I don't take pictures and they're like, you're going to take a picture. I took that picture. So it's one of, Happily. one of the few times I've ever taken like a picture with like a famous person. I thought you're glad you did. I, you know, you always are. That's cool. You, you always are after the fact, but it always feels weird to kind of do it. We try to keep it professional. Like we've never taken like, like we've been with Dua Lipa in person. Like all the people that have ever come for the podcast ever. Like, I don't think we've ever I have like one example. The one example is 98 Degrees, who I loved in high school. And then they came in for an interview. And I think you insisted on taking a photo. I think you may have taken a picture with, with Joey them. Fatone, maybe. Um, Tetris did. I took a picture of Tetris and Joey Fatone together. I don't think I took one of me, though. Like, even, like I as 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 a as a longtime sort of friend of the podcast that Darren Chris has been I have zero selfies with Darren Chris I wish I had taken one with Robbie Williams you weren't there you oh might have God. insisted on that it. would have been amazing that was one of the great I mean same with John Mayer who I've talked to a couple I've gotten lucky enough to talk to a couple times now like no photos with him but like the conversations that I have with them are like way cooler mementos in my opinion I, the the one picture I have of me and Madonna, it was because Madonna asked if I wanted a picture. Oh my gosh! And yeah, the answer is always yes. And I was I was absolutely. Oh, I took a selfie with Luke Bryan at a concert once because he insisted on it. 
we're, you and I are so weird. We are not like normal people. We are people. the weirdos, but we're also name dropping right now. I mean, but we're, the only reason we're name dropping is because it's it's part of our job. But like, I don't think most people at Billboard have this like, oh, I don't do like selfies with people. I think most no. people that we work with are like, oh, hell yeah, I'm getting a picture. And with I someone. think that I think that celebrities expect it and don't think any less of a journalist for asking at this point, because like. It happens all the time. So this is clearly only Katie and Keith problems. Our own neuroses. Yes, it's absolutely our own weird neuroses. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, chart stat of the week <laughs> about, <laughs> about girl groups at number one on the Billboard 200. By the way, there have been other girl groups since since the Go-Go's that have been number one on the Billboard 200. Everyone from the Dixie Chicks and Destiny's Child to even Danity Kane. Um, all right, we've reached the end of our big show. Um, any parting words, Katie? Well, when Diana Ross asks you for a selfie, you better say yes to Keith. <laughs> I don't think that she would. She, she, she. I don't think she would either. <laughs> but if she does, <laughs> um, she's probably the one that would tell a journalist, "No, aren't you a journalist?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's not your job. <laughs> um, all right, so should we should we go out on a Dinah Ross song? Yes, obviously. Which song? Uh, Love Hangover. Okay, good <laughs> good solid pick. We'll see you guys next Thank time. You. Bye. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.